So, last week, after having watched James Wan's new film, Malignant, I took a glance at Twitter to see what the reaction was of those who had watched it on its first day of release, like I had. And I could tell right away this film was going to be very divisive. Seemed to me the lines were going to be very definitive with little gray area, uh, people having liked it or hated it. And even then, I think I underestimated just how divisive it was going to be. People who disliked the film really, really disliked it. And the more dissent I read, the more I saw a common theme. It was too weird, too bizarre, what the hell did I just watch? And it got me thinking about some things. I didn't think I was going to like this film. Okay, right up front. The trailers were too vague. Uh, it made, made it look like another Conjuring type of CGI jump scare horror film, um, which those films are fine. They can be entertaining, but I think it's kind of played out. So that genre is going to have to go away for a while and redefine itself as sub-genres you know, often do. But I was willing to watch it anyway because it was a new horror film from James Wan released on my birthday. So thanks for the present, James and Warner Brothers. So I sat down with a glass of wine. Uh, to check this thing out and as it unspooled sure enough we had some cgi jump scare scenes play out you know uh, right away and right about the time i was about to be disappointed the, the film takes a turn it peels back a layer of the onion letting you know that nope this is not that we were just priming you basically this is a pacing and leading maneuver the filmmakers set and walk a familiar pace with you then once they have you where they want you and they have your confidence that you know where this is going they flip the script, which makes the surprise change in tone and narrative far more effective. Here's what you're familiar with. Now, here it is differently. And then the film really gets going with what it's actually about. And I have to tell you, it was actually the bizarre batshit craziness that saved the film for me, and I loved it. In fact, after having watched it, I realized the reason the trailers were underwhelming was because they had to be vague. They actually play a part in covering up the reveal and what the story is actually about. There is no way you can make a trailer for this movie without ruining the viewing experience. And even if you figured out what was going on while you were watching it, like I did pretty quickly, you're still not prepared for what the actual reveal of that is. Again, this is a pacing and leading technique. Juan and the other two writers, Akila Cooper and Ingrid Basu, know the well-versed horror fan is probably going to figure out what's happening. But, just like earlier, they make that hard left turn and give it to you in a completely different way. Which, to me, makes it a fantastic horror film. As more people saw the film, uh, and the more I saw the criticisms along the same lines of being too weird, what the hell was that, it's silly, whatever, the question dawned on me. When did the horror community lose their sense of fun? When did they forget how to have a good time? When did they forget how to simply enjoy a film and decide that a film simply being good wasn't good enough? It's something we're seeing across all genres, honestly, so it's not just the horror community by any means. But we didn't used to be this way as horror fans. We always knew how to have a good time, even if a film was you know, veering toward you know, the bad side. Now, film is subjective. It's fine to like what you like, and it's fine to dislike what you dislike. So that's not what I'm saying here, not by any means. Because I hate the opposite side of the spectrum, where if you don't like a horror film, someone pipes up and tries to drag you for not supporting horror. So that I'm by no means taking that position. That's not what this is about. But what I've noticed lately is a tenor and tone of people watching films through what appears to be a cynical prism. Like they're going in expecting to hate the film, maybe even wanting to, and can't wait to get to Twitter to deliver their 40-character negative review like a comedian delivering a one-line zinger. Like the Rodney Dangerfield of horror film Twitter reviews. I mean, I feel like 
the seeds for this were planted on the horror site forums you know the flame wars whatever whatever you know anonymity turning everyone into a keyboard tough guy the evolutionary timeline being forum flame guy is now twitter reply guy you know but it's 2021 so horror fans my age have seen thousands of films i mean i have 2000 films in my personal library so when i think about the films i've seen which aren't in my library my generation has seen a ton I mean, we've seen films which will probably never see a disc or streaming service, ever. Movies put out on cheap VHS tapes from fly-by-night media companies that bought a film from some dude who made it over the weekend in Utah with his friends and family. So I'm not going to say we've seen it all in some old man rant, but I am going to say we've seen a lot. So we want a film to be daring and different. We want that surprise. And I myself always go into a film hoping for that because it's inspiring. But I'm getting the sense not everyone is viewing films through that prism anymore, and I have to ask why. Is it really about the dopamine hit one gets for being Twitter guy and getting retweets and likes? Or is there a reason to be cynical? We're living in a time where there is more horror content available to us than ever before. Now, this is where you are going to get the back in my day speech, okay? Because, you know, because I apparently had no days after that day, whatever my day was. But horror content was scant, and we were kind of grateful to get what we got. The major studios always look down on horror. I mean, you would get your big budget horror film, you know, with stars in them like The Omen, but they were considered highbrow horror, even more so if they were based on a popular book. But a slasher film or a zombie film, no, that was low low class. They were going to leave that to the indie filmmakers and the drive-in booger eaters. So Halloween success got their attention a little bit, Friday the 13th, but it really wouldn't be until Elm Street hit that studios realized what a major cash cow horror could be, and that's when the floodgates opened. But my point is, there was not the um, wide breadth of horror content that we have now. So we gave new releases more of a chance to win us over. Now there is so much content vying for your attention. If you don't have your audience in the first 10 minutes, they're likely to tune out. Or if they do stick with it, it better deliver on such an unrealistic scale of expectations or it's going to get dragged on social media and influence the horror film Twitter jury pool to deem your film guilty without ever having seen it. So even when the horror floodgates did open after the success of Elm Street and the Friday 13th franchise, it still took time for new content to arrive in theaters and video store shelves. Because it took more time to make films back then. From script to screen, two years, three, depending on your special effects post-production needs. And maybe that's also the difference. Um, Brian Collins, who I believe writes for Fangoria now, wrote a piece on birth, movies, death, arguing that the reason bad movies from the past were better than the bad movies being made now is that it's too damn easy to make a movie now. And I think this is kind of on point. You know, a film like the 1973 horror pick Pigs, for example, which I love, while being a very low-budget film, still looks and feels better than some of the films being made today because some actually someone had to actually know how to use a motion picture camera. Someone still needed to know how to light a scene, operate sound, color timing. Your editing skills had to be more on point because redoing it was a much more labor-intensive task. You couldn't just click undo. People needed to know how to make a film, thus more time and care went into it today not so much just like technology and the internet has turned everyone into a journalist thus lowering the overall quality of journalism technology has lowered the quality of filmmaking 
more is not proving to be better. As much as struggling filmmakers complained about the gatekeepers of the industry, at least there was a sense of quality control, picking the projects that stood out from the others. They didn't always get it right, not by any means, but at least there seemed to be a process. Now, with so many streaming services demanding content to feed their subscribers, said content is being cranked up faster than ever before. Now more than ever, we are in the fast food era of filmmaking. And as we all know, fast food isn't food. It's garbage made to look and smell like food, and it's not good for you. So with so much content being substandard, I suppose I get the cynicism to a certain degree. But I also think it's important to keep watching horror films with a certain amount of optimism and not expect every single one of them to set a new bar. And then if they don't set that bar, then they're terrible. Those films, the ones which really cause a huge shift in the horror paradigm, are rare. Halloween, Elm Street, Scream, Saw. Those films are welcomed rare events, which is why we love them so much. But in between those, you have good films like Larry Cohen's 1985 film The Stuff. How would that break through today? The 1987 film Scarecrows. The 2001 film Valentine. It's no scream, but it's still a really good movie. Malignant is a good film. Will it be a landmark film like Elm Street and Scream? No, probably not. But few films are. Someone said Malignant reminded them of a Glenn Morgan and James Wong scripted episode of X-Files, which were usually the best episodes in that entire series. So that's fine. I mean, again, it's fine to like what you like and not like what you don't. But maybe we need to look at our expectations a bit. Personally, I would take five millennials for every screen. It's okay for films to be good. It's okay to be entertained instead of being blown away. We used to be happy with good. Hell, we used to be happy with good-ish. I mean, look at the Blu-ray releases that come out from Severin and Vinegar Syndrome and Code Red and all these labels that are doing a fantastic job of preserving film. How many of those are on the level of a Scream or a Halloween? Few, if any. But they're good films, for the most part. They're enjoyable. I think we all just need to chill out a little bit. Not be so serious. And remember how to have a good time. Bring back good.